for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? 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 Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey everybody, welcome to the Gentleman Overlords. I'm Andrew. I'm Max. I'm Robert. And uh, guys, I love hearing Vin Diesel's voice. In the movies, in our theme song, you know, I just love Vin. Can't get enough. Uh, Anyways, let's, speaking of movies, let's talk about some movies we've seen. you forget about me look my way girl something <laughs> breakfast movies we've seen hey speaking of old ben hearing his voice there did you see the stranger article about ben what oh, what about what? him is yeah. he did they finally put him in jail <laughs> yeah, <they found laughs> out from the stranger finally got that guy off the streets <laughs> Uh, no, no, we've they... hung out a couple times recently so yeah they wrote a so, uh, uh, i so i advocate for anything he's doing <laughs> They uh, did a little profile about him and the stranger. Oh, that's nice. awesome! Yeah, so check it yeah. out. Uh, you can see it Congrats, on Congrats, Ben. You can see it on his Instagram, Grump Toast on Instagram. Um, Robert, any movies you've seen? Not a ton since we last talked. Um, I rewatched ET. Um, part of that is because I was like ro- watching a reaction of someone who had never seen it, and I just thought it was interesting to. It's a movie that did the starting. I think I've talked about freaked me out as a kid because it is sort of played up for scares like you don't see et it's very mysterious when he gets to the house he's hiding in the shed and only elliot has sort of experienced any sort of thing with him and it's now you it's pretty you, frightening until he gets into his room you so. take the opposite stance of steven spielberg you're in favor of them editing out the guns right no no uh i i'm glad that they have the guns but i wish they had shot the kids oh okay with walkie talkies yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shot like, yeah, like little walkie talkies were shooting out of them and like hitting the <laughs> hitting the kids. Actually, I think it would be more badass if like E.T. had made like a force field and like stopped all the, the walkie talkies and like, swirled them around and made like a mech suit for himself. That would have been a mech suit for himself. <laughs> maybe, maybe like in the remake. That'd yeah, be pretty cool. Uh, hopefully. Um, And then I watched two or three times, I think, last year, uh, the Batman just because I really enjoyed that one. So I wanted, wanted to revisit Batman Begins from the Nolan movies, um, which I still really enjoy. And it is just like I've mentioned already, it, it's funny to have it be a the sort of more realistic take on Batman at the time. And now it feels like the Batman is a even more realistic take mm-hmm. where it's much more ground level and there's he can't uh, summon bats yet. Um mm-hmm. But there's a lot of stuff to like, including I just think it was really refreshing to have two villains that I feel like a lot of people weren't as familiar with, Ra's al Ghul and the Scarecrow. I don't know, it just felt like more. It's fun to go back to that and be like, God, they weren't like pushing the Joker yet. They weren't, you know, there was just like some really big ones in his rogues gallery that they didn't go with. And I'm I was happy about that combo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Fun to read. I I enjoy those those ones. I the Dark Knight obviously looms large in in all the Batman movies, but I don't know. I really have a special place in my heart for Batman Begins. I think it's a fun fun way to start it off. I don't know if uh, 
the suit's a little awkward, obviously. It does feel sort of Michael Keaton-ish in the way he can't really turn his head, and they they address that in the sequel. But um, it is funny how static it is again. Um, let's see. And then did I watch? I oh, I haven't watched Batman Begins since it was in theaters, but I don't really, really liking it all that much. Wow. I would revisit it. It's, I mean, it's good. I think it's, you know, especially with this much time passed, you probably reevaluate it a little bit. Yeah, um, the other big one that I, I assume we will cover at some point, so I won't say too much, is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Mm-hmm. Watch that. Here's <clears throat> opening night. Had a great time. Uh, don't think it's a spoiler to say I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, feels like James Gunn really got to had a trilogy in mind when he started Guardians, what, a decade ago? Mm-hmm. And feels like he got to do basically everything he wanted to do with this series, uh, with these characters. Um, it felt very satisfying. It felt like, um, they were able to wrap a lot of storylines up and kind of bring some closure to some different kind of characters arcs and, uh, did some surprising things that you don't expect in kind of a mainstream Marvel movie to happen. I applaud them for that. Um, I was uh, deeply affected in the theater. I was kind of a mess most of the time. Um, yeah, it was great. I, I really recommend folks seeing it and uh, hopefully we will yeah cover it. I think it comes out in one month on Disney plus. Okay. <laughs> wow they really called their I, shot about that one. yeah they're like they're like i don't even actually we we're just we're panicking we're just gonna put it out there real quick they really dragged their feet about quantum mania they're like just put it out there now like who fucking gives a shit we got a good one just mm-hmm. spread it as much as possible um but yes but i will i'll expand upon it more uh on a future episode sure. but that's that's what i've seen for movies so far max i heard i heard it was pretty touching when chris pratt turns to seth rogan as donkey kong and uh <laughs> You know, wishes him farewell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Farewell. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen either of these movies. Uh, in fact, I haven't seen many movies at all. I did watch uh, Quantum Mania, uh, the one that should be on Disney Plus at some point soon. Mm-hmm. Next, I uh, the end of next week, I think, is the end of next week. Okay, so we should be talking about that one soon. Yes. Other than that, uh, trailers is all I've seen. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> How about you, okay. Andrew? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it. I saw a movie called How It Ends with uh, Zoe Lister-Jones where um, there's a incoming comet and the, basically the world is going to end at like 2 a.m. the next day. So And everybody just knows it. There's no like, there's no panic in the streets. Everybody's just basically like, yep, the world's ending. We're all, you know, in for this. And so it's her going around LA sort of rectifying any wrongs that she's made with like friends or family. Um, it's, you know, it's like a very low budget, you know, like it feels like it was filmed over like the course of like a weekday week, like Monday through Friday. And it's basically like, I think it was shot during the pandemic, but it's basically like, it's got Lamorne Morris, Fred Armisen, uh, Paul Shear, Rob Hubel, Olivia Wilde. Like it's just, it's basically like, it's her stopping off at somebody's house saying, hi, this is how I've wronged you. I apologize. They rectify, move on. And she's also got like a younger version of herself with her. 
And Mm -hmm. at first you kind of think it's just like that that's her own psychoanalysis. Like, Oh, the younger version is there to help her kind of like make amends with these people. But as it turns out, everybody kind of has a younger version of, or most people have a younger version of themselves with them. And so because they think because there's a, the, the world is ending that everybody has a, just they're more hyper aware of certain things. So they can all see each other's younger selves as well. And you can interact with them. Interesting. Yeah. I, it's a, it's cute. And like, I think it was like a fine, you know, like 87 minute movie. Zoe Lister Jones is good. And, you know, but like, you know, I, I think like, again, it was kind of like a, Hey, let me text my co- friends in comedy and see if they're available to shoot for 20 minutes, you know? Yeah. Who is, who's that. in the Hills that I can go knock on their door and right. get a quick right. scene. It in. does. It does uh, give you the false sense of how walkable LA is, which, you know, <laughs> it's not, it's not. Um, but I, you know, I thought it was, it was good. It was very cute. And then the other movie I watched, the uh, title is a little cumbersome, but the tiny map of perfect things was the other movie I watched. I thought you watched a movie called a little cumbersome. <laughs> That the title a, is that's a, a little that, cumbersome. That's a that's a different kind of movie. That's for a different list and a different podcast. And uh, come is spelled a different way. Um, the tiny uh, map, really? the tiny map of perfect things. I thought this was very cute. Um, it's a it's a it's a Groundhog Day esque, you know, like living the same day over and over again type of story, which has been done a zillion times and by it's its own genre now, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um. However, like I, you know, and I have enjoyed many of them and I've not enjoyed some of them. I thought this was a pretty good version of it. And like the trailer kind of made me think it was going to be a little more young adulty type of fair. And especially because the two leads are like early 20s. And I think they're supposed to be portraying kind of later teens. Um, But I thought it was a good version of the living the same day over and over again. Um, it's got Catherine Newton from Quantum Mania uh, as the as one of the leads, and I thought it was it was good. It was very cute. It touched like I was I thought it was very touching in a way that I was not expecting. Like maybe three fourths of the way the, through the movie, like there was just a scene that really affected me, and I started crying a lot. So um, I'm guessing that's the scene where Chris Pratt turns, turns to, to Donkey Seth Kong. Rogan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've heard that's good. It's really, it's really touching. Um, no, I thought it was, it was, I thought it was very good. Again, as a, it is a well-worn territory, the living the same day over and over again, but I thought it was a pretty clever version of, of it, even if the title is not as uh, clean and short as you might want it to be, but. Title's yeah. especially not very clean when you, when you get talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, those are the movies I've seen. Let's talk about some TV shows that we've seen. TV shows we've seen. <laughs> we've seen Robert. Um, for some shows I've seen, we will have a mini on Star Wars Visions Volume Two. Did watch all of that, but I won't get into the details of it here. Um, the new show that I watched that premiered leave last week was Unicorn Warriors Eternal. This mm. is the new Gandhi Tartakovsky 
uh, sh- uh, show on Cartoon Network or Adult Swim, rather. Um, really good. The uh, I think it's the next day, day after it airs. You can watch them on HBO Max. Um, it they aired the first two episodes. I've watched those two. Really awesome. Uh, very different art style than Primal, which I loved and have the two seasons and is over. <laughs> That's a, a lot more sharp and and purposeful. It has a kind of Conan sort of vibe to it. Um, and and I, I, the animation is sick. Um, this one's got really great animation, but it's very like the people are very goofy. They almost look like Looney Tunes or like weird old. Pardon me for one minute. Kind of like Bugs Bunny or something like that. Max, take a um, sip too. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I wasn't synced with you guys. <laughs> um, but uh, that, that's and that's not a a criticism of it though. I think it looks really cool. It's just I like that it looks different than Primal. I like I like that it's not going for like super realism on on some of these things. And the gist of it is, there's this ancient evil in the first episode. It kind of just appears as like a big blue fire dragon has no like form other than like it's like a dragon made of flame and these three warriors are fighting it one of them is an elf warrior like armor and a sword that can fly around one is a cosmic monk so he has like bandages on his arms and floats around and his eyeballs are just like red space like you just like it looks like the background moving in them and then the third one is kind of like a sorceress it looks like a woman whose body and hair is like like wafting black flame and kind of like unleash it all on on this creature um she gets wounded they they go down and and find her on the ground and then out of a portal merlin steps out and says hey uh i brought this robot from the future his name's copernicus he's like a big steampunk looking like circular top hat like he doesn't have any real like facial movement and um says he's going to preserve your souls and then when the evil returns he will find your vessels in the future and like zap your souls into them and you're just going to keep resurrecting and fighting this thing so cut to he kicks in the door of a viking lodge or is a viking sleeping he shoots this unicorn beam at him he the viking get grows elf ears his hair turns white and suddenly he's the like vessel for that guy again cut to all of them on like the stormy seas like fighting this thing out in the ocean jump ahead to like wild west times and this native americans like hunting in the woods and he gets the beam shot at him and he becomes the cosmic monk and then it cuts to all them fighting like a wolf version of this thing like over this village or this uh kind of cowboy town so that's the basic thing and ends up in current time where um they're resurrected once more but this time for some reason they're not full-grown adults it's like kids that are getting these uh spirits put into them which has never happened before so that's kind of the wrinkle uh, and then they're all trying to figure out what's going on. It's very interesting. Uh, like I said, it's on HBO Max next day. Thursdays at midnight is when it airs. Really creative. I'm excited for this whole season to come out and just kind of see what his vision is because mm. he just does amazing stuff. I love all of his work. Cool. Yeah. You want me to believe that kids nowadays are going to go fighting? Oh, boy. Fighting they don't even want to uh, freaking work in a drive-thru. They're going to fight an ancient Too, too busy uh, Twitch streaming their uh, Fortnite exactly good job guys this is really thank good you, thank you oh it took a lot out of me you, uh, you done robert yeah robert you seen the other shows i'm uh, i'm done i apologize yeah max thanks for you? your apology i'll never apologize for anything i do um i saw 
one episode of one show. Oh, and all of the Star Wars visions that we'll talk about later. But uh, other than that, one episode of one show, and it was The Little Drummer Girl. Don't know if you heard about it. Uh, starring Florence Pugh, Alexander Skarsgård, and Michael Shannon. Uh, directed by Park Chan-wook, who directed uh, Old Boy in the, the Vengeance series and, um, uh, what is it, Snowpiercer. And it's based off of a um, John Le Carre book, novel, um, like a spy thriller thing. And um, it's like set in the 60s, 70s, and uh, political espionage stuff. All the costumes are cool, old cars. And uh, yeah, it's got a, got a really good cast, so I'm, I'm curious to see where it's going to go. What does it air on? uh amc okay that's what it aired on so it's a little tough to find if you don't subscribe to amc which apparently has their own streaming bullshit they so yeah yeah i don't i don't know why there are so many streaming services everybody thinks that they're going to be the one like it's just they like, all want a piece of the pie yeah, yeah. it's I think and they're all like they all seem to not make money and also just be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you never know when something will actually just drop off. Like, I think I told you guys I went to watch. uh, What's it called? Uh, Mortal Engines. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like a mm-hmm. Paramount movie or something. Whatever it is, there's a service that for it, literally that company. Yeah. And it's not on there. And it's like, what's the <laughs> point even of this? Like, wh- why you can't show your own movies? It's like, like, I mean, it's like, just wild. You know, me. like HBO, like is trying to they tried to I don't know if they managed to do it, but they wanted to lease out Westworld to someone else. And it's like, this is your own show that aired on your network. And you want to like that. Make- well, well, yeah. Yeah. You, you don't want people coming to your network even just to find that one show and give you, you know, a month of revenue or something. I don't know. You'd rather make. The I short- understand it if it I understand if they're selling it to because didn't it kind of ignobly get didn't it, it's kind of kind of get like the final season that they wanted. Oh, I don't so if know. They were selling it. If I think that's the case. So if they were selling it to be like, hey, you can take this. And also, if you want to produce another season, go for it. Mm-hmm. That'd be one thing. If it's just like we don't even have we don't even want to show this on our thing anymore. It's like a banner show. Right. I feel like that's mm-hmm. like a big show you think about when you think about them. I don't know. They should hey, don't put them... me in charge of these things. <laughs> I got too many good ideas. They should call them streaming disservices. Oh, am I right? Oh, Max, come on. I won't go that far, dude. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's the episode I saw. <laughs> it was good. Uh, I'm curious <laughs> to see what the rest of it will be. Uh, Andrew, have you seen anything? Yeah, I finished Chuck. Like I said, I would. I promised I would, and I did it. Um, uh, so all right, I owe you twenty dollars, yeah, Robert. Yeah, dude, pay up, pay up. Um, the fourth season sucks. I think the fourth season is so bad. <laughs> I know. I see exactly why I stopped watching because it's just like it's it take it starts becoming like really self serious and like the fucking like. I know this was a show that was on the bubble for like its last three years of existence. So like the budget was not high, but they still pretended like the budget was high. Like they'd go to these like high concept places and it's just like, just do the show that you have the budget for instead of like, oh, we're going to Russia, we're going to here and we're going to this. And just like they would then like have to digitally make these like backgrounds that just looked fucking horrible. And not even like, yeah, we know these are look kind of bad, but you know, we're all in like it's just like you can do it tongue in cheek and make it kind of funny, but it was like, they were just 
trying to tell like a serious spy story in this show that was cute before. And mm. I don't know. So like the fi- I and so I did watch the fifth season, and I thought the fifth season did kind of go back to being kind of a cute, you know, like comedy show and also telling a spy story and they did a better job of having that balance in the fifth season. And it's unfortunate that they figured it out at the end when they were done versus mm-hmm. like the fourth season, which is their longest season. It was just, it was too bad. But, uh, the other thing I watched is the final episodes of a show called a million little things that me and my wife have been watching since it started airing, which is a show about a group of friends who are kind of struck when one of their, one of their friends commits suicide and the friend group is sort of trying to figure out what to do from that. And so the last couple episodes just aired and it was, they were devastatingly sad. Like, uh, my wife who does not cry very much watching TV was like in tears for like the last two episodes in their entirety. So they were a rough watch. I ended up liking both episodes and the show I think is overly dramatic, but it's, we both like it and um you know it again it was a tough bit of a tough watch but um it was good i don't know i think like it's a another show that takes itself a little too seriously sometimes um like they they like to do these previously on a million little things and they kind of treat it like it's law and order svu with like the tone of like bum bum Bun, dun, 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 you know, kind of like that sort of music. Oh, wow, they use it. the actual music. Yeah. Interesting. Bum, 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 but it's just You're like, like, oh, wait, actually, we were watching Law and Order. Yeah. Wow. I just realized. <laughs> I cried for the whole yeah. episode. Ice T yeah. is in a million little things, too. Um, so, yeah, good final episodes. I think it ended on a like a high note. I think it like ended where it should have, but it was still pretty, pretty sad to watch. But, you know, we enjoyed it. So. I, I bet I know the the part that you cried at when Chris Pratt turned to <laughs> Seth Rogen. That's, I don't know why I find it so funny, but <laughs> all right, see you, dude. <laughs> all right, guys, <laughs> are, we, are we ready to talk about the movie that we watched this week? Oh, you know it. Great, let's talk about it. We watched for the podcast. From 2004, we revisited the biggest box office bonds of all times. We watched The Chronicles of Riddick. The Chronicles of Riddick. Of Riddick. Yep. Got there. Um, 
that was a nice surprise because I, Thanks. you know, we don't always comment on, you know, a staple this podcast. You always pick a really fun song to be the introduction to this segment. Uh, you don't often do custom lyrics. You know, uh, I, for it. My, I, I was trying. To, I was trying to think of. I couldn't come up with something, and then I started coming up with a. Um, I did it. Dave Matthews Band. I'm Riddick thing but then i was like do people know I'm i riddick. did yeah i'm riddick so i uh i think perfect choice especially just getting to and i'm riddick and i can see better in the dark is is why you needed to do thank it thank you thank you uh so we watched the chronicles of riddick which is a sequel to pitch <laughs> pitch black right sounds right pitch um, black yeah uh so both of you have seen Pitch Black before. Correct? I've seen it. I haven't yeah. seen it recently, but I have seen I it. I saw it in theaters and I've probably seen it within the last 10 or 15 years too. So uh yeah, apparently the the uh pitch line for Pitch Black is fight evil with evil, which is a key line in this movie too. So this yeah. is te- this is technically a sequel to pitch black even though i don't really feel like other than the like 30 seconds of exposition they give you at the beginning of this movie you don't really have to have seen you don't have to have seen it but i mean it does tie in more than some sequels do like they have uh david's character comes back they have the grown-up version of jack who was on the planet with him they yeah they do show a scene from pitch black and that's got his kind of origin basically what i'm saying is you're full of shit like it's very this is (laughs) a very important sequel damn Damn. Tied yeah. directly from it. And also, you I mean, should you should play uh, the Chronicles of Riddick, the Escape from Butcher Bay video game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you should probably watch uh, Chronicles of Riddick Dark Fate, the animated prequel to this. That there's probably like Vin Diesel probably wrote fanfic that you could probably go read that probably fills out other stuff. You should read that first. Yeah. So yeah, I bet uh, there's a, a couple graphic novels too. There has to have been. Uh, so before we talk about the plot and stuff, would you guys recommend people watch the Chronicles of Riddick first before you watch pitch black, uh, on Netflix? Uh, well, my actual answer is, I, yeah, it probably doesn't matter if I think pitch black is like, I don't know if it holds up in the grand scheme of sci-fi films from the, you know, early two thousands, but uh, I thought it was fun at the time I saw it in theaters. And, and like I said, I've seen it since thought it was all right. Uh, this is not it's doing some interesting things as like, I think it has some good art direction and costumes. Um, I think there's a few things that I, I enjoy kind of aesthetically about it. Uh, I'm outside of that though. It, it really feels like this is the beginning of Vin Diesel pitching himself as the ultimate badass and getting away with it. So that's, that's kind of where I'm coming down on it uh, at first. Yeah. So. Max, what about you? Uh, so I haven't seen any of the movies. This is the the first one I've watched as far as I know, but I'm realizing now that if you ask me in a year, if I've watched this movie, I probably will say no. <laughs> like I'll probably forget that I've seen it. Uh, so it's possible that I've watched it before. Yeah. Um, it does have a pretty strong cast to be honest. Mm-hmm. What the hell is Dame Judi Dench doing in this movie? She, yeah. uh, I mean, she probably did a day or less like she was not she's not in it a ton but why is she in it at all is i don't know uh it 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 surprised me to see her there to hear her and then to see her and and just be like what's going on why is this happening you do hear her at the beginning you're thinking like oh maybe she she did her lines over the phone it's just like a 
you know, like she knows the director, she's doing them a, a favor. And yeah. then it's like, no, there she is in full makeup and wardrobe. Yeah. She's like, she's like the necromorphs were ravaging the, you know, the, the, the stars and going from planet to planet. And I was like, if you'd like to make a call, please just spot it. Another <laughs> order. And we're like, um, yeah, I don't know how much carries over. I don't know if uh, Judy Dench was in the first uh, I don't think so. movie. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> she came no, off for no, this no, one. No, no, well, no. so the first one was supposed to be good. I so on the red carpet for Pitch Black, she was, she was like, I want to be in the Pitch Black movies. And then <laughs> and then Fast and Furious style, they were like, let's get her in there as a as a wind ethereal or whatever the fuck she was, or she could just literally bounce out of the scene. Bye. Yeah, uh, it's it definitely is of its time. It's uh, it's not a perfect movie. It's not as bad. Huh? as it could have been <laughs> um i think mainly because of the robert, cast. I think the phrase robert was not like ex- expecting to hear was it wasn't as bad as it could have been <laughs> no 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 i i'm i'm giving you crap but i it's uh you're right that it's not as bad as it could have been but it's also like just feels really disappointing especially like i said i thought i thought bitch flag was good and i think other people had similar expectations for this too he yeah, was part I, of. I, this is the first one I've seen, so it's like not disappointing. It's like sure, oh, sure. okay. So this is your introduction to, yeah. to Riddick, and you know his yeah. full name, correct? We've covered this. Yeah, Lance Riddick. No, I thought that it's not Richard. Not it's Rich, Richard B. Riddick. So Dick B. Riddick. <laughs> that's a. <laughs> his sweet. name is Richard B. Riddick. Yeah, that is. No. Yeah. That that's yeah. established in the first. Yeah, that is. I don't know when. I don't know yeah. when you learn that his first name is Richard, but. Um, that is that is his canonical name. I cannot believe with something so uh, great as that. Why wouldn't they bring that up in this movie? It. Mu- I. I wonder if it's something they they actually bring up in Riddick the the third film. Is it like uh, armor against uh, him being like Riddick is too badass? It's like, well, now come on, now he's got like a silly, he's got kind of like a corny name. It's like, oh, okay, I guess, yeah, all right, I guess that's true. That's his. That's so, his. They gave him the middle initial. Middle initial B, like salacious. B. Yeah, okay. salacious B. Crow. That's his uh, cousin. <laughs> that's how middle initials work. Yeah. Um, well, so what did you think of it, Andrew? I. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious about how well Pitch Black holds up because I do remember liking Pitch Black, and there's a little bit of um, Robert. You kind of brought it up too which is that this is this sort of feels like the beginning of Vin Diesel feeling like he's impervious to damage in movies and like cuz like the one thing that happens is he gets a little cut on his you know on his cheek but like he gets every, cut and I was oh cool, good I was going to say everything else kind of feels like incidental except like the final boss which even like doesn't really fuck him up that bad you know like it's just like he's it, it, uh, like when I was watching the movie, I was feeling like it must be very disappointing to play the game and to then get hurt as Riddick because like you're watching the movie and he's the 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 alpha male of all alpha males. Like he's a fucking badass. He's adept at everything that he picks up. And, and we learn in this movie that he's literally from a race of like men that are just badass. Yes. But he's the last one. But he's the last one. Uh, the second to last one. And then the well, last the, one. That was the last other thing I was going to say is like the only other time he kind of shows like that someone needs to save his ass is he gets caught out in the sun 
on Crematoria. What a planet name. <laughs> that name and he is pulled. <laughs> I laughed out loud. <laughs> he gets pulled out of the sun into the shade and wakes up and is like, huh? And it's, but guess what? It's the only other Furian male in the movie. So it's like, well, if he was saved, at least it's by another super badass right. in disguise uh, who then is- offs himself. Uh, like he's Sarah Connor looking at a playground. It was wild. <laughs> what if they did the crossover of Fast and Furian? Wow. That's Fast that's, and Furian. Wow. Fast they 10, have to. Fast 10 part two. I mean, there is a there is a sequel to Riddick that's in pre-pro that I think is like they're at least in the storyboarding at, you know, portion of making the movie. But um, I would I would watch that. Yeah. Before I, I'd watch any of the other ones. I can't um I can't recommend people watch this movie. I think it's like one, like knowing what we know about Vin Diesel in terms of like how he puts into his contracts that he can't lose a fight in the Fast and the Furious movies. This is like this is he just and it's weird because like this is I think I remember seeing interviews with him for this movie on like Conan O'Brien. And he's like a silly guy. He's joking around. He's got like a D&D tattoo and he's like talking about how much he loves, you know, like dorky shit. And just like, like, why is it feels like there's two different Vin Diesels. Like there's kind of goofy guy. Like he's very like, it feels like he's very giving to his co-stars in like the Fast and the Furious movies. And then there's the other Vin Diesel, which is just like, people got to know that I'm a fucking badass and like, they have to be reminded every time that I'm on screen that if you fuck with me, you're in a insurmountable fight that you will lose. And I'm the most like alpha male guy in the world. It's just like, it's, it's called acting. <laughs> wow. He has range, dude. <laughs> he, um, at least in this movie, he is the size of a human being, mm-hmm. a large human being, but still like, he's still, he's he not hasn't six been foot biologically yeah. enhanced yet. Yeah, right. Um, before we get into like the the plot and stuff like that, let's talk about because this is a this is one of the biggest bombs in history. Why do you? Because like Pitch Black and Riddick both did not bomb, so like why do you think that the second movie in this franchise bombed, whereas the other movies didn't? Well, I will. I don't even know if I've seen the Riddick, the 2013 or whatever. I, I don't I know haven't. if I've seen that one, but I would guess that there's nostalgia for pitch black and Chronicles of Riddick at that point. And Vin Diesel had much more of a presence then. Yeah. So I feel like there's other factors going on that would make people just sit down for it. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know. I wonder what this was up against in the box office. I wonder, um, I wonder if people just were catching wind that this was not because pitch black is also like a, it's a very particular concept where it's like Riddick is this prisoner that's on board this ship with these people who crash land on this planet where the sun goes down for all this, this big stretch of time. And when that does all these creepy aliens come out and attack you, that's just like a fun mm-hmm. kind of like you're stuck there. I, I like that concept. This one's all over the place. It's world jumping. You've got this, army of people that can take your soul out of your body. And it just feels like it's going in this whole other direction that, that I don't know, people weren't maybe as tapped into. I think like for me, I think like one, the naming mechanic is fucking bizarre that the first Mm -hmm. movie is called pitch black. And then the second movie is called the Chronicles of Riddick. Like it feels like 
if that well, was like if this was going to be the franchise that like I feel like the name the Chronicles of Riddick imagines itself to be this movie should have either been called like the first movie should have been called the Chronicles of Riddick pitch black or I believe it's since been renamed that or the second movie should have been called pitch black Two: the Chronicles of Riddick. That's what's so annoying. I remember like Suncoast video era. I, I remember like this all happening and being like, well, why the fuck? Like, call yeah. Like you can't retroactively call this the series of movies. Like, what are you doing? Like, what and then if you are making this a series, why isn't this the Chronicles of Riddick? whatever else the the, the necromorph army and then go what? back and call the first one the chronicles of riddick pitch black like there's it just made no sense and then the third one just called riddick what are you doing i, I it's I, terrible what if this is the whole reason that it bombed is that people are already like oh yeah i already watched that movie it was really good i liked it that's and what they, i mean i think the name has a lot to do with why this potentially bombed because i think like one it's confusing like it you you don't know from the title that it's a sequel to a different movie. Like it, there's no indication other than if you are familiar enough with pitch black to remember that the main character's name is Richard B. Riddick. Um, and that now this movie is called the Chronicles of Riddick. Like it's, there's no association between the two titles. It's also like, we're, we're just coming off of three fucking years of the Lord of the Rings movies coming out. I think maybe the Chronicles of Narnia movies have started at this point. Like the Harry Potter movies are in full swing. There's just so many franchise movies and like things like that, that I wonder if having a title like the Chronicles of Riddick were just like, okay, not to be on board with another fucking franchise. And like, you know, like at this point, like Vin Diesel's star was arguably probably at its lowest. Like he had dipped out of the fast and the furious movies and just like I think the era of Vin Diesel, the movie star, had kind of dipped. And just like I, I mean, the the most perplexing thing to me is the naming mechanic, which is naming it the Chronicles of Riddick. But you know, and you're right, Robert. This movie leans so much into weird sci-fi bullshit that like the first movie, from what I remember, is yeah, just like fighting aliens in the dark, and he's on a prison transport, and he has to make do with these people that he doesn't know and trust. And this one, I mean, clown on George Lucas all you want for, like, uh, Sleaze Bagano and, you know, like, all these weird names. Crematoria is... And the Necromongers. The Necromongers. These are, I mean, give fucking, uh, give George Lucas, like, a, like, a fucking like writing award for you know what he's come up with versus this shit like when they said crematoria max you said you laughed i just uh -huh. like put i hit my head in my hand so hard hearing that just like that was that's the best they came up with was crematoria it's just too funny because exactly the way they introduced it too they were like this is a planet that if you're out in the sun you'll burn alive oh that must be crematoria <laughs> <laughs> I like and I know like people at this point are so sick of of uh you know the Marvel joke mechanic of like kind of commenting on how something's corny but that something like that calls for somebody to be like wait it's called crematoria what like it's just like somebody need to be like really like in the movie like somebody should have been like that's what they came up with huh it's just like that yeah, it's like the prisoners call it that right like it's not the official <laughs> planet name right no no they found it and they love it they sing it every morning before they get burst into flames. 
Oh, crematoria. <laughs> just like, what the fuck is this? Also, just like the physics of the, I mean, I know it's a dumb sci-fi movie, but like the idea that like, if you can see the sunlight on that planet, you should be toast. How there shouldn't they... be like, if your body is in the sun at any point that you shouldn't. So the idea that there's like this, it, you're waiting for this actual wall of heat and fire to hit you is so funny. And like, Vin Diesel pours water on himself and like runs briefly like through the sun. And it's like, I feel like you would just immediately like explode from no. like your skin would crack and you would just like, you know, it just, Not with water. Dude. It's so funny. Also, that water like, would be boiling you. How did he, how did they build the, the prison? Like, I know most of it's underground, but they have like a, a, uh, like a, um, a hanger for like ships and stuff that opens what? up to the thing. How did they build that? Uh, I uh, think like parasol. They brought the yes. parasol. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I think it oh, used they, the planet they, they used to be Icebergia. Oh, okay. Icebergia is what <laughs> it was see, called. And, and that and the, but then when the suns finally came back into rotation, wow. it melted all down and became a desert. Wow. It had to change the name. It was a whole thing. So you get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> um oh, I yeah. did like I did like the uh kind of like Macbeth Lady Macbeth duo of Tandy Ray Newton and Carl Urban yeah and her like in his ear oh you gotta like kill the the leader mm-hmm. and he's like but I'm loyal I, to the I, leader I, I thought I gotta say funny. something though it was this is this the worst thing Carl Urban's been in or at least is this the, the he's in he's in he been doom. the worst he's in doom how is he in doom though I feel like he's just like he's just no, has no charisma in this which is a shame okay, because that, I feel like he has a lot of charisma in other movies that's he has more charisma as dread who's a you know a fascist cop who never shows his face so right. that's fair I don't know he's I thought he was fine in this one I enjoyed him I don't know I just don't feel like he got to do a lot his hair looked weird and he, he had really bad hair but he still had the smoldering look of that's like really all his character needed this also probably to me this like in, based on the Carl Urban uh, oeuvre, like this feels like an early, uh, like starring role for him. Like I know he's a, he was in the Lord of the Rings movies, but like this feels like maybe at this point the biggest movie he'd been in. Was he in a Star mm-hmm. Trek somewhere? He's uh, he's Bones in the new Star Treks in oh, the newer that's right, trilogy. That's right. Yeah. Well, after I like him in those. One. Yeah, I, yeah, I like yeah. I like him in those, but I sort of feel like this was, like he may not be on on J.J. Abrams' radar without being in the Chronicles of Riddick. You know what I mean? Like this is, this kind of feels like his first, maybe his breakout role that people would be like, oh, Chronicles of Riddick guy. Like let's put him in, let's test him for McCoy or whatever. Well, let us check this out. Let's let him but, let's let him audition for John Reaper Grimm for Doom. Oh my god, Almost Human was so good. I wish that show kept going on. Um Oh, he was in Hercules? He would have known about him from Hercules and Xena. Oh, as Cupid. Yeah. And Julius and then, Caesar. And then wow. Ghost Ship. And then Ghost Ship. That's pretty much yeah, it was Homeward Bound, oh, the TV series. Uh, yeah, it was very, very early. Yeah. Even before he was Kirill in The Born Supremacy. Yeah, even even before that, can you believe it? Um, so, yeah, I... Do you, are there... Um, are there set pieces you guys like in this movie? Like, I think 
the the thing that is fun about these movies is Riddick fighting in the dark because it's you know he's got the and we'll talk I'm gonna I have another comment about his eyes but like he's got those like just like crystally bright blue eyes because he can you know he's been like experimented on or something he can't really see with the sun out he sees better in the dark and I feel like that's oh we lost Robert um he was Thank frozen. Goodness. He was frozen. I thought he was just listening intently, but I could, I could, he never um, listens. But that's that's your first clue that he's gone. The uh, it's just like it's the fun of these movies is watching him just fuck people up in the dark. But so much of this movie takes place in just well lit areas. And I gotta say, the first fight scene that did take place in the dark with like very bright strobe lights. Yeah. Like, do not watch this if you think you may be epileptic. This, <laughs> yeah. like That scene and, like, for three other scenes after it, terrible to watch. I can't understand why they would make it that way. It was just strobing lights mm-hmm. uh, and, like, fast cut action where yeah. you can't see anything. I guess you're supposed to be as disoriented as the people Vin, Vin Diesel may or may not have been punching in the face. I couldn't see because it was a fucking strobe light. They they did that sort of effect of the like kind of you know like it was like almost like a staggered like camera shots like it was like suddenly he'd be like moving but it would be like do 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 like he'd be here 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 and they did that a couple times I was just like what is the fucking point of this? Like we're not we're not under the illusion that that Riddick has like super speed and that like, you know, just like he's he's a badass, but just like they did that kind of jerky cutaway thing where it's just like almost like frame by frame he's moving. And they did that a couple times just like what is why are they doing that? Like other than the director thinking it's clever, I just like don't yeah. know what purpose that serves. I I mean they really do build up uh Riddick to be pretty incredible in mm-hmm. this but he i mean yeah he, he's strong and he knows how to fight i guess is is his superpower mm-hmm. but they also kind of build it up like oh yeah he and he can see in the dark like that's impressive but uh judy dench is over there like Moving. disappearing into right. the air it completely invisible and then like you know floating around in the sky the other people are bringing people back from the dead and mm-hmm. ripping souls out of bodies and stuff and it's like Oh, and Riddick can see in the dark. Uh, this back, is our, yeah. this is the hero. Yeah, I for a for a hero whose like main power is fighting in the dark. He never fights in the dark in this movie. Like it just ever like there's a couple scenes where he like knocks out a light or something. Yeah, early on when when he goes and visits Keith David, he's like, "How do you guys? How good are you guys at seeing in the dark or whatever?" <laughs> and then he fights them a little bit. And like, but that's like, that's basically it. It's this is like a two hour movie of like very well lit action set pieces. And it's like, why do you have Riddick if you're not going to do the thing where he fights in the dark? If they made it today, it would be completely unwatchable. It would be in the dark. It'd be every action movie. Yeah. You know, what's another funny kind of like, I'm the ultimate badass moment is when he's down in crematoria and he gets the spiel from the. The, the main prisoner who's like, what kind of guy are you going to be here? And he's like, me? I'm just passing through. <laughs> and then these creatures, they release these creatures and they are being attacked by these like kind of like scaly wolf things. He gets cornered by one. He's staring it down. And then when the guy comes around the corner, 
It's like a little kitten to him. He's just petting it. It's an animal Such a th- badass. It's an animal thing. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, it's I I um I said before though, I think the I kind of like the Geigery sort of like faces and weird statue stuff of the necromorph people. Like there's definitely like there's definitely like they went for it. They wanted that to be the aesthetic of those people and and I think they they look pretty cool i guess i don't know they're you know there's something there it's you know they were putting money towards something like it looks like they were clearly like sets for some of those things but trying to find some positivity in that as well the positivity i'll give for this is that because this is 2004 and we're not quite we have not quite all the way stepped all the way into cgi era there's a lot of practical sets that they're on it's not a lot of green screen it's not a lot of blue screen they're on the sets may not look good at times, but they are on like a physical like rock, you know, rockscape that they might have built or something or like they're, you know, fighting in a in a real hallway or, you know, whatever. Like it's they're on sets and like those sets have varying degrees of looking good and bad. Some of them look really bad. Some of them look OK, but it was like kind of refreshing to see, you know, like actual sets again. Because, you know, like it's and like maybe if this movie were made today, it actually wouldn't have bombed because they wouldn't have had to have built a bunch of practical sets and like they could just green screen the whole fucking Mm. shit. Um, I I wonder how much of this being considered a bomb just has to do with the budget that they spent on it, not necessarily how much it made back. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I do remember early on when they go to Keith David's uh, like planet and uh when they first do the intro of, of the whole place, they do a flyby and it's all CG and it looks pretty hideous. It looks like a lot of that, that part of the movie seems like the, the, the terrible days of the sci-fi channel. And then like when they come back later and the, the necromongers have taken over and, and kind of wrecked it and it's a, a ruinous, a city and they go back to Keith David's house and they have like a door, one door out of two on a hinge. And it's just kind of like fallen over, but they still use it like it's a door. And then like the, his daughter goes up to the, the second floor and she's like leaning on a, a balcony rail, but it's like hanging halfway off mm-hmm. and she's still using it as if it's a balcony rail. Like if you're the mother is basically like, get inside, but she should have been like, get the hell off of that balcony. You're going <laughs> to fall on your face. Uh, I don't know. So the is a good example of, of both sets being pretty bad, like the CG one and the practical one. Well, that was also frustrating because I felt like, like, for the example, like I thought the ship, like when they're first chasing Riddick in the starting, we forgot to mention Riddick had a full, beautiful head of hair and a beard <laughs> in the beginning of this. Then he had to get rid of it. Um. But like his, the hair ship looked, a, his hair was about as beautiful as Carl Urban's was. Sure. Real. But it, it looked all right. But then like there's the effect, especially of the necromorph ships where there's like this weird, like dusty warbliness on the sides of the ship when they're flying. And I get that that's supposed to be kind of like the exhaust or kind of whatever, but it made it look like green screeny, like floating around mm-hmm. in the wrong way. And I feel like if they didn't have that effect and it was just like hovering, it would look better. Same thing. Like the ship kind of flies through space and there's like a, a like, pixie dust sparkle of from the exhaust and it's like that looks that looks bad why didn't you have nothing or like i don't know it really like undercut itself on some effects as well i felt like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah 
Uh, and also like weird ending. I did we talk about kind of how it all wraps up? So characters just get iced for like seemingly like really and burned no, and burned. <laughs> Uh, for like really like you'd think almost like dramatic effect, but it almost has no effect because fucking Riddick doesn't give a shit about anybody. And so like the two people that he saves from the first movie are Keith David and uh, Jack Kira. Who's like replaced by a different actress. Who's a different actress. Uh, Alexa Davalos. She was on uh, one season of Angel. But. So with the angels now. <laughs> but they both are killed in like just feels like complete throwaway things. Keith David feels throwaway, but it does make more sense that like he's the one that gets killed. It's like, okay, if there's one of two people from his past and one of them's not gonna make it out. And then the other person from his past gets killed like in the last like two minutes of the movie. Like she she stabs the what was the fucking uh the like Lord Marshal? Um, she stabs him in the back and then he hurls her and she lands on a spike and then just falls and dies. But she was turned into a necromonger first. So doesn't that mean that she will, uh, like is the third movie Riddick going down to the underverse or whatever they call it? I don't, I doubt, I somehow doubt it, but who knows? Let me see if it's really weird, especially since like, he's like, are you with me? Kira? Are you with me? And she's like, no, I've seen the universe and it's great. Blah, blah, blah. And then does help him like stabs the bad guy at one point. He's like, so you weren't under the control. Like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. She had to keep the element of surprise. Duh. Yeah. She's not. In yeah. So she could get killed. So here's well, the, so she could sneak up and stab him. It worked. Here's the, here's the quick tagline or the quick synopsis for the third film. Riddick. In the film, notorious murderer Riddick is betrayed and left for dead on a desolate planet and uses his instincts to survive. He eventually teams up with mercenaries arriving to capture him to escape from a larger threat. So basically, pitch black again is what this sounds like. And also what he got mad at Kira for doing. I wonder if he'll get slaved out, as they call it, in this one. Well, I mean, like, so at the end of the movie, he defeats the Lord Marshal and then the rule amongst the necro-whatevers is that necromongers is that if you kill somebody, you basically get that whatever their thing is. So he kills Lord Marshall. So he's now the Lord Marshall of the necromongers. And so I thought was, I, the genuine laugh I got from this movie is when he sits on that throne. And I was like, is that where fucking Dwayne got it for black Adam? Is that (laughs) shot of him sitting on the throne is like, just bored yeah and like so vin sits on the fucking throne 2004 like just kind of sits in the throne then they're like all hail lord marshall and like he's just kind of sitting there looking like this is my throne and i was just like god like fucking Dwayne is gonna do this himself in like 20 years in fucking black adam it's just like and a similar vibe as far as like kind of like how he presents himself and how he's kind of like harpooned or harpooned uh torpedoed his own chances in movies uh with some of his yeah. kind of like moves you know what i mean yeah. like i mean you have to admit the balance of power did shift in the riddick verse once he oh 100 i mean no one can deny that yeah just a weird ending to like set up for a movie that then wouldn't come where like the whole deal was that carl urban was gonna use that moment to take over and become the the new lord marshal and so Tandy Way Newton turns around and is like, no, you fucked it up. And it's like, they are compelled to follow him. And he's also more powerful than the last guy. But 
you would think that that would then be the conflict in the next movie. Like, also, like, what is Riddick doing with this army of people that have just, like, destroyed a million planets and are trying to find this, you know, Halo-style uh, other world to right. go to, finally? It just, I, I, wonder, I just can't. I wonder if the sequel does, like, even though it came out in 2013, I wonder how much time passes between the, the two movies. Because, like... If it's nine years, if it's the same amount of time that it was between production, I just don't know how that works. But if it's like they pick up and it's like two days later or something, then like I guess you could have a an up an uprising that they just didn't like having him as the leader. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. This movie was too it's like too ambitious. Like it's there's they had like a a fun kind of quaint story about this you know prison planet where he fights things in the dark and he can see in the dark and then they just tried to make this like sweeping space opera and it just sucks like it's not it's not fun where it should be fun it takes itself way too seriously you know in the same way that vin kind of takes himself way too seriously and just like it's like it's a it's a flop and like a box office bomb for like so many reasons. You know, we've like talked about like Disney letting down movies or, you know, like whatever. It was just not like presented. Well, this movie, if it had been successful, would have been successful, like against, like against all odds. Like this movie was destined to be bad. Mm. Uh, so I'm, I'm realizing now that like, even though this has planet hopping and a bunch of, you know, different solar systems and they're inventing new things, everyone is just human. Like the whole, the whole universe is populated just by humans, except for like the first movie apparently had other stuff. And then there are the, the cats, the rock cats or whatever that he tames in uh -huh. this one. That's boring. Yeah. <laughs> I realize like um this the sci-fi that I enjoy the most is like um is alien planet, right? Like you you go and explore alien planets like uh Star Wars and like Valerian and Fifth Element kind of style of just like being a, a weird place and like spoilers a little bit, but like the first part of Quantumania felt a bit like that. And um but then, like, I find that sci-fi a lot more enjoyable than, um, I shouldn't say a lot more. You can still do it good, but um, I prefer that over, like, the realistic, if something's a little bit odd, like AI going on in the world, or you have, like, some sci-fi soldier type of stuff, like, yeah. that just takes place on Earth, but is a little bit more advanced. I find that a lot less interesting, but this one kind of does, it it kind of takes the the worst of one and fills the other mm -hmm. with it without like, you know, bringing, Oh, alien species and, and like crazy bright colors and weird things that you've never seen. It's just like, no, we're going to have a race of everyone wearing armor. Like they were from the middle ages, yeah. but it's now plastic instead of uh, like metal or, you know, who knows? Yeah. It's just like really stale and, and boring even yeah. though it's technically new it doesn't feel new at all i don't think it needs to be every planet that they go to but there should be like one planet that feels like they're on valerian you know what i mean like it's just like something where it's just like holy shit that's a really interesting looking alien that's 
or just like something. Yeah, you're right. The fact that everybody's a human is just like is, everybody's a human. Everything is like familiar, like uh, Helion Prime. Whatever looks just like a city somewhere. It's not, you know, like right. I know I mentioned the architecture of the actual necromorphs, but it's still like human architecture. It's mm. not, you know. I, I think even Keith David had a door knocker on his door. <laughs> right. <laughs> that ain't sci-fi. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do either of you have any? And I'm not asking as a future project for the podcast. So I'm asking as a genuine question. Do you think either of you are going to watch the 2013 Riddick? Absolutely. But, After I watched Pitch Black, yeah. I, I, down, <laughs> I I got all three of them. We'll I'll do it after the Pitch Black remake. Um, no, I might, I might, I would maybe check it out, especially since I'm pretty sure I have not seen it. I know I had seen this one in Pitch Black previously. Yeah. Um, yeah. It and and if you're telling me that like it did better or people enjoyed it more, then I would be interested to see why that is, or if yeah, like or like you said, I think the plot feels like it's skewing closer to the first film. What worked with Pitch Black? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I guess we'll I, see. I'm always surprised because it seems like the, the sequels are kind of like their success is based off of the first one, mm -hmm. you, you know, oftentimes like a lot of, if the first one was good, a lot of people go and see the second one. And then if they're disappointed, like by that, they won't see the third one. Yeah. Right. So sometimes movies are unfairly judged based on what came before them. But this one, like everybody loved pitch black. And then, this one bombed and then the next one somehow did well after this one bombed. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts before we head out? Never see me coming. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Does he say that? I don't know. Sounds like sounds... <laughs> Hey, with the way I like to fight in the dark, literally they won't see me coming. You understand? I like that this movie focused on family. <laughs> <laughs> that was quickly abandoned <laughs> killed <laughs> alright everybody thanks for listening we'll see you next time bye bye, bye.